0: You know, honestly, it's very lucrative uh, to be a cop. You know, it comes with a lot of benefits, whether that's monetary or people see you as a hero, right? There's people who love cops, and so they're never going to turn on their own. They're never going to take the moment to say, you know what, what we're doing— is immoral it's fucked up we're we're not only even just killing people it's like you are stealing resources from a city you are saying every year that you need more money you're you know you're doing overtime wage stuff like it's 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 not even just the egregious thing of killing someone it's like every every everything else right hey well don't you want cops in libraries well we need money for that don't you want cops you know they're they're trying to put themselves in every manner of our lives
1: Hello, and welcome to here in LA, North Hollywood Edition. Today we talk with Albert Carrado. Albert is a native Angelino who went to North Hollywood High, is very civically minded, having once run for City Council, and maybe he should again. And he is the co-founder of the People City Council. We spoke last month near the anniversary of his dear sister Melly's death. She was the Silver Lake Trader Joe's manager who was killed when the LAPD thought it was a wise move to shoot inside of the busy store at the end of a car chase. So we'll talk about her too. Albert is such a knowledgeable young man with so much to talk about and keeps it so real that we could have talked all day. So with no further ado, let's welcome Albert Corrado. Hey everybody. Hey I am here with Albert Corrado, and we're going to be talking about North Hollywood, yeah. where you uh, had most of your formative years. Yeah. Did you go to high school out there? Yeah, so I went
0: to North Hollywood High. That was, uh, you know, class of 06, so graduated in 06, and uh, spent four years there. Uh, spent a bunch of years in North Hollywood, and I still, I would still say that that's my hometown, Um You know, moved there when I was a a young kid. Moved around the valley a bunch, but then always kind of found myself back in North Hollywood, Um, and I still love it. I think I think it's a fun part of town. It's uh, changing as a lot of neighborhoods are, but you know, you kind of have to take that. I mean, everything's going to be sort of gentrified, but also, you know, by the time I was like nine or ten, we got the Red Line station there, so that was already kind of the beginning. Before I even knew what the word gentrification, I I was like, oh, like okay, the Red Line's here, and it's going to start more people are going to be coming here, so they're going to want to add more businesses. And then it just kind of seemed like a natural thing. And then as I got older and would come to North Holland, I'm like, oh, I, I don't remember that building being there. Oh, like we have a Chipotle now or we have a Lemley Theater, you know. So it's <laughs> it's, a, it's a great neighborhood. But, yeah, it, it has changed so much in the, you know, 25 years since I – or 27 years since I first moved there.
1: So the the Lemley and the Chipotle, that's on Lancashire, right? That's on Lancashire, yeah. Yeah. Did, did you notice – because I don't know. Did Lancashire – Lancashire changed a lot when the Red Line showed up? Yeah, I
0: mean, so it's funny because when we were, when I was young, uh, so I moved to the Valley when I was like six or seven, I think it was like around that time, but um, the Lancashire was known, and that part of it especially was called the Arts District, and it was kind of like, you know, it was like them trying to make it into something it wasn't yet, it was like, oh yeah, they have like a couple of theaters, and like, there's a, a recording studio or something, like. It was sort of like people saw it as a joke, like, oh, yeah, the arts district like, it's so artsy, <laughs> whereas now, you know, they have tons of theaters and restaurants, and they have, like, some semblance of nightlife, but, I mean, it, it was, you know, when the Red Line came, it was kind of the, the you know, harbinger of, like, hey, people are going to want to come here, and we're going to have to, like, build stuff up, and then you know now the old uh there's like an old train depot that sat dormant now that's a groundwork coffee and you know there's a shopping center across from the red line that has like a gym and and these nice restaurants and all that stuff so i mean yeah it's it's a it's a gradual a very rapidly changing neighborhood but as a kid again not knowing what any of that meant i was kind of like well this is cool now i get to go and explore i can go from here to union station and as a kid you know like especially your parents are letting you out for the first time like okay like Come back at this time. You're like, yo, I can go to like downtown LA with this. It was it was such a such a mind blower. In minutes. Yeah,
1: because uh, here I am in in Hollywood. Yeah, cl- super close to the red line. Yeah, you are. Yeah. And so the only reason I know about that Lemley is because of the red line, yeah. um, because it's it's the closest independent movie theater. Yeah, on any of the the. Uh, subway lines as yeah far i mean it, and
0: it's it's uh, i think they're shutting it down too um the, the rumor is that they're going to shut it down and i don't know you know there's always i don't know what they're going to build there or what's going to happen but you know i feel like as, the longer i live in la the more you see things you love just disappear and mm-hmm. usually they're replaced by something that's not as good or everything is like oh we're going to build housing over it but it's never like affordable housing or housing that like benefits anyone or the neighborhood it's 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 hard to see but you know, LA over the hill is the same as the valley. Whereas, like, we just don't have our priorities straightened out. But you know, that's that's another
1: podcast. Uh, one th- you mentioned things that are gone now. I'm a lot older than you. Sure. Okay. So I think my first foray into North Hollywood was um, I was an intern at MTV News.
0: Oh wow! Which okay. was
1: in. Um, the Disney Channel building. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that's North Hollywood. Would
0: you, maybe that. That would be more Burbank. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Burbank. I mean, we're kind of teetering to the border of Glendale, but it's right. It's, it is firmly placed in Burbank.
1: Yeah, and so we we would have lunch in North Hollywood, and one of the things that the guys pointed out to me because I I didn't know a lot about North Hollywood yeah. was the Odyssey Video Store. Yeah, man. Did I'll you spend you know, any time at the Odyssey? Uh, yeah, I mean,
0: I would go there. I think that was kind of the the first place I ever saw like the beaded curtain you know like that to me was always the
1: of the adult section yes
0: yes so so odyssey video to me was you know i think we were more of a blockbuster family for sure (laughs) but going odyssey video occasionally we'd rent stuff but again it was kind of where i because blockbuster was so family friendly they had no adult section it was like you would get like rated r movies obviously but it wasn't like oh there's a secret room and if i go there i'll get in trouble but also like (laughs) You know, as a young kid being sort of tantalized by like, what could possibly be in there? Like not, you know, not even having context or or for what any of that was, but Mm -hmm. but knowing that it was a forbidden place. I remember. But that's also I think you asked a ton of people who grew up in the valley like, oh, that's the porn store. That was the porn video store. We're like, yeah, man, if you go in there, they just sell like tons of it. And and I I, yeah, when I got older. And it was 18, 19. I remember going there and just being like, oh, I can go in there. And just like going in there just because I could, right? You like buy a pack of cigarettes. I guess now it's 21. But when I turned 18, it was still 18. So you would go and like buy a Playboy, buy a pack of cigarettes just because you could. And so I remember going in there and be like, ah, like the, the treasure is that away. And I was like, yeah, it's just like a, a gross room with porn in it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. But honestly, video. You know, and they still have that sign up. And I think there's a place called Valley Relics. Yes. In the valley that has, uh, they take old signs and restore them. So I'm hoping that one gets restored. And, you know, we got to, listen, we have to, we have to pay homage to every part of the valley, even the ones that are a little, you know, w- dirty or, or whatever you want to call it, you know.
1: Well, to, to. I'm a crazy person. Sure, I sure. prefer the dirty things. Yeah, sure. That's why I love living in Hollywood. Yeah, you know, and Hollywood Boulevard's my favorite street in L.A. Okay, and so the Val actually reminds me a lot of the suburbs of Illinois where I grew up. Okay, yeah. In that it's wider streets, sure. it's it's more middle class people. Um, I would say more humble people who are working super hard. You know, and not not that people on on the Hollywood side aren't, sure. but um, it just seemed it just seemed more relatable to me and and in a way less stereotypical la
0: yeah it, it definitely i think it, it it sort of lends itself more to kind of a suburby kind of part i think i think people do consider that like oh yeah the valley sort of like the suburbs and i think that's why it kind of gets a bad rap a little bit or like mm-hmm. people get a little like oh like you know hoity-toity but like oh like but that's not real la and it's like you know listen it's real la in that like we are. We have a few council districts running through us. We can vote in LA elections. Uh, the LAPD patrols it. Like it, it is LA, but it's also LA in the fact that, like, in the in the psyche of, of America. And we're talking about movies and film and 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 what uh, TV. Everything goes through the valley. Whether sure. it's movies and TV shows, you know, you want to talk about Seinfeld, you want to talk about Friends, you want to talk about. Any major TV show or, or big tentpole movies, a lot of them are being filmed in the valley, and people just mm-hmm. don't give the valley. I mean, even if you go back to, like, the 30s and Casablanca, being filmed at the Van Nuys Airport. It was? Yes. Yeah. You know, like, uh, Birth of a Nation, that old, but, like, one of the first big movies, whatever, it's, it's a racist, whatever, but, like, that was filmed somewhere in the, you know, the valley for a long time was very open and, and sort of sprawling and yeah. had nothing there, so that was the perfect place to go and film these movies back in the day when you wanted to, like, give a sense of scale to something and and, then you know to a to a degree it is still that way but i think even in the 80s and 90s you watch all these movies where it's like oh it's a suburb it's like well that's Rosita, you know (laughs) terminator 2 uh where john connor lives and is going through that's northridge that's Rosita. that's like you you do I, i remember as a kid having such a point of pride, being like, oh, that's the city where I live in. That's, you know, seeing the there was a the Little Rascals movie in 95 or whenever that was. Mm-hmm. And they're standing outside of a payphone that's like in North Hollywood by the fire station by my old elementary school. And as a kid being like, wait, they filmed that there and like just having my mind blown. So, you know, it, 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 the valley to me is it, it doesn't get its due, but it should because it is so L.A. It's not even funny.
1: Uh, you went to North Hollywood High. What's the uh, nickname of your mascot? So we're the Huskies. Um, I mean, (laughs) were there a lot of Huskies walking around? uh... No,
0: I don't. Yeah, I wonder what that is, because we were uh, I went to Lancashire Elementary down the street and we were the Lions. And again, there were no (laughs) Lions as far as I know on Lancashire. Um, You know, I went to Robert Fulton uh, Middle School for two years. I went to Walter Reed, which I think are the Wolves. Again, Walter Reed was known for a vaccine or something like that like something medical cuz he has his own medical center mm-hmm. but we were the wolves and then Robert Fulton Middle School were the steamboats which at least Robert Fulton invented the steam engine steamboat or whatever so that made sense but I'm like yeah Huskies <laughs> not sure why but you know I was a proud husky for 4 years and I had the I would have the gear and and I had the you know the the PE clothes and all that with the Huskies on it you know
1: What yeah. was uh, uh cuz again from an outsider yeah even though I've lived here since the 80s I grew up watching Valley Girl and sure. fast times at Ridgemont High. We watched the Jackson Five move from Indiana to the valley. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and so our concept from the Midwest about the valley I think is a lot different than what Angelinos have. We thought it was cool yeah and and um, I still think it's cool but our our imagination of what it was like to go to high school in LA was... Kind of like Fast Times, where, where <laughs> yeah. we fought, everybody looked like surfers. Yeah, uh, all the girls were beautiful, and yeah. everybody had cool cars. What was it like in uh, you say the early two uh, thousands? Early two
0: thousands. I mean, you know, listen, there was there was like a little bit of that stuff. I remember going to like middle school and seeing like, oh, there's a kid who was on a Disney Channel show, right? In high school, it was kind of... The, the thing you have to understand is, like, I went to public school. I went to LAUSD school. So that school was crowded as hell. Mm. We were, you know, 50, 60 kids in one classroom sharing really? books. And so, yeah, it was, I mean... Sharing I, books? Critically underfunded, as, as most schools are. and we had. But the thing is, we had a highly gifted magnet. And we had those, you know, they were like rich kids, smart kids, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And so they got to learn the fun languages. They got to have the fully funded. They got to have the nice books. And so oh. it definitely felt as if you were kind of like... You could kind of sense the classes. And even though we're all in public school, it was like, oh, that kid gets busted in from, like, a nice neighborhood. And for whatever reason, he's in the highly gifted magnet here. And, you know, he's – and so, so you wouldn't necessarily see, like, famous people. Mm-hmm. And you would see them around town. Like, if you go to Ventura Boulevard, you see them getting, like, a Starbucks. But, like – so, you know, you would maybe see, like, a kid who's like, oh, that kid, like, he was in a small role in this. But it wasn't, like, you know, other parts of town, like, that have Crossroads or Harvard-Westlake where it's, like, you have a lot of Nepo babies. Campbell Hall, these are the, p- the private schools in the valley. Buckley that had, like, oh, that's the kid of this person. So we weren't necessarily those kids. We were more kind of normal kids. But also, you know. I mean, you know, going to a school that was majority Latinx and being, you know, we were it was mostly Mexican and Salvadorian kids. And we had a lot of Armenians and obviously we had like white kids and, and, you know, the valley has a large Jewish population. And so it was kind of a great melting pot of like because you are everyone is forced to take P.E. You're like hanging out with kids who you would never hang out with because like (laughs) they're in the highly gifted magnet and you don't take classes together. Like, oh, this kid is like running with me and we're playing basketball. So. I was, you know, I love to kind of make friends with whoever was around me. And so I think it was, you know, we weren't surfing. We were, I mean, yeah, sure. There was pretty people all over the place, but it wasn't like, uh, fast times. It wasn't even Valley girl where it's like, you know, there were cool kids, but it wasn't, it wasn't the same. It wasn't, but also, you know, I say this as someone who was like, not a cool kid. I was like a kid who was known. I was a floater. I had a bunch of friends, but I wasn't like prom King or whatever, but it wasn't necessarily that it was, it was more sort of normal, but also I think what was kind of a trip to me was how you did see the class uh, di- uh, di- divide, right? You saw, like, uh, two blocks away from North Hollywood High School, there's a place called Oakwood School, and they're fancy, and it's it's private, and they have now, like, an elevated uh, little, like, walkway that you go to cross the street. So, you know, it's it's a different, you know, even there, two blocks down, If you you might have to be walking home that way, you see the, the classes, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I will never come to the school because my parents make, no money whatsoever and these kids are very pampered and all that. So there, you know, y- the classism was kind of all around you. And I think that's LA that's the Valley as well. You know, it's just, it's people have money, people don't. And we all <laughs> kind of live together and some, sometimes have to interact
1: with each other. Uh, let's talk about your family. Uh, we're- are you, are you, are you, uh, uh, how, how many generations are Angelinos from your family? Um,
0: so, you know, we, I, I'm a first generation. My are mom, really? my mom came from Mexico. My dad came from El Salvador. My mom came in the, I want to say like, or late seventies. And my dad came in the very early eighties. So 81, 82, um, where'd they meet? uh you know my my dad is very cagey but like oh we met at a party and then you know we didn't like each other and then we ran into each other down you know somewhere down the line and you know i you know with parents i've learned that parents have secrets too and whether they're bad or not you know or whether they just don't want to share it parents aren't always you know so my dad's like yeah we met at a party and like you know my mom passed when i was 14 so i don't i don't get to ask her hey like you know, because as a kid you ask and like your parents are like, Oh yeah, you know, they they kinda give you whatever answer. As you get older and you get more honest with your family, they're yeah. they're a little more so my dad's been a little more open about like his struggles and his coming to the to the country when when he was in his you know, early twenties. But I you know, the 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 classic story is, oh we met at a party she was repulsed by me and didn't want to have any. You know, our friends try to set us up, and then I saw her later on, and then we fell in love. And so, whatever uh, whatever the truth is in that story, that's so. Yeah, they met here in Los Angeles, and I was born in uh, '88. So, uh, because
1: they were uh, fresh immigrants, yeah, was Spanish only spoken in the house, or was it a mixture?
0: No, you know. So it's funny. My my mom learned Spanish or uh, English at an early age, and so my dad also. My dad had sort of a life in El Salvador that was like I wouldn't say he was wealthy by any means, but he like went to like private schools and he was a little you know he was a smart kid so he got to like go so he knew English you know by the time he was you know a twelve year old and so you know and so so in the house though what was interesting was my mom knew English and obviously like would work and 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 live in the in the English speaking world but like she spoke to me almost. Uh, primarily in Spanish, and ah. I would respond in English because I was a little little, little stinker, kind of like, oh, I want to only speak English, Spanish is whack or whatever. You know, this weird self-hating thing that a lot of, I think, immigrant kids can speak to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my dad, uh, it is incredibly rare for him to speak to me in Spanish. Like, he has a girlfriend who is a monolingual Spanish speaker, so we're at dinner, they're speaking in Spanish, and, I, you know, my Spanish is, is decent, but he'll, like, ta- be talking to us, and then he'll, like, refer- talk to me in Spanish, and I just feel like... Man, that's not a thing that happens a lot. So my dad was always, always, always uh, the English speaker. And, you know, he works in construction and works for a lot of like people. So he knew that that was going to be, com- you know, come in clutch. And so we were, and you know, honestly, I have a, I, I kind of wish I had taken more of interest in Spanish as a kid because like, for many years, my Spanish was very rusty, and it's still kind of rusty. But like, working in kitchens and restaurants, like really kind of beefed it up but yeah I was one of those kids who like oh I want to be American and I want to watch American TV shows and and movies and you know I don't want to like and yeah it was it was a weird thing but my mom was uh, but you know she she did speak English but it was very rare that she would refer to me or or say something to me in English which was very sort of odd cuz it was kind of opposite ends of the spectrum
1: you know I hear this a lot from uh uh <clears throat> second gen uh yeah. young people that they either feel insecure about their spanish yeah, yeah or feel insecure about writing their spanish sure and sometimes in groups of others they don't want to speak spanish because they're like it's not that great and meanwhile an outsider like me is like you're doing you're a yeah, hundred times yeah. better than the average person I,
0: Yeah, i mean you know I, I i remember my ex-girlfriend who who was white she was like We went to Mexico City last year and she was I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like these people are going to know that I'm, a, you know, like a guy who is Spanish or Russian. She's like, listen to me, you sound amazing. And you're and, you know, I'm obviously able to get around and carry on conversations. It's not as bad as I think. But like to her, she's like, man, I wish I could go and like into a restaurant and order confidently or ask for directions. And so I think it's interesting, though, because, you know, that's. You know, there was a sense of growing up where it was like you would get made fun of if you if you spoke Spanish in a poor way. Right. Like for by family, by friends where it's like, you know, I have friends who learn English and Spanish at the same time and they can speak both very well. And I'm sitting here like, oh, what's the word for this? And, you know, as a kid, there was a sense of shame involved where it's like family would make fun of you or friends or, you know, would tease you. And like if you don't take it well then you're going to kind of have a complex about it and I was one of those kids who was like oh I guess yeah my Spanish is bad and so then I would feel weird about speaking it and then you know I would feel weird about like oh are they going to correct me is that the right word and so it kind of built this thing of like for years where I just didn't want to speak Spanish or like very you know very much uh was resistant to it so I think that that was uh you know, sort of an uh, unintended byproduct of like, you know, you're, you're, you're going to get made fun of as a kid by your friends, by whoever, even by your family. Yeah. And, but for that thing, it was such a source of shame for me. I was like, Oh man, like I'm so embarrassed and I'm so whatever. And, and, you know, and and again, as an adult was like, I really, you know, I I remember like a few months ago, I was like, I'm going to bust out Duolingo, but like the (laughs) hell, the, the hella sort of advanced Spanish just to get my stuff right. Yeah. And so that's what I did. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tricky thing being an immigrant's kid, man. It's, um, you, you know, you sort of want to know where your parents are from, but you also kind of don't care. Like, oh, I'm in America. And so, like, the American life and English, is, are, they're so tempting and tantalizing where you're like, oh, yeah, well, I don't want to watch novellas. I want to watch, you know, <laughs> The Simpsons or whatever. Like, right? that was really the calculation made as a kid. And you didn't realize that, like, by doing that, you were then setting yourself up for, like, being 20 years old and being like, oh, my Spanish is terrible. And being like, well, <laughs> I lived in a house where they spoke it and I didn't take advantage of it.
1: The playground at North Hollywood High, the fellow Huskies, you say most of them were, were Latinx.
0: Yeah. Most of my friends. In but high school but were, were
1: they speaking Spanish on the playground?
0: You know, yeah, I mean it depends. I think there was a few people like me. Um, but there was a lot of people who kind of um, you know, grew up in, and and the thing is like there were I still have friends who their parents are monolingual Spanish speakers. So they never learned English. And, you know, they learned enough to get by. But the thing is what happens. And it happens here, and it happens everywhere, because I lived in in um, San Francisco for a few years, and I would like I worked at this um, kiosk for a transit agency, right? And we had a guy who was there, and his specific task was to only deal with the Chinese customers, Ah. because there's a lot of people who who even were born and raised in San Francisco, or who lived there for a long time, who never learned English, and so, you know, they spoke Mandarin. So he would be there, and so it happens here, where it's like if you are here, and you come, and you only speak Spanish. Uh, you're fine because most of the parts of town are filled with Spanish speakers. You go to the grocery store, you go to like, you know, especially if you're kind of in these neighborhoods that are a little cloistered, right? It's like, okay, everybody here speaks Spanish. The clerk at the grocery store, the person at the bank. And so you really, there. there's also sometimes like not even the necessity, unless you kind of want to venture further out or something like that, you don't really have to learn the language. And so I have a lot of friends whose parents are, Uh, don't speak English and so Mm -hmm. their Spanish has to be good because otherwise they would not be able to communicate with their parents and so that is uh I think at three or four of my friends I'm thinking of right now who like have that 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 uh as as the case
1: Let's uh, switch gears. Yes, and um, I would love to make a, a joke in Spanish, but I really I, I learned <laughs> French. Here's
0: one that I, people <laughs> people will, will maybe understand it. So it's uh, ¿Qué dijo un pescado al otro? Nada way. And so what that means what the the joke is what did one fish say to the, to the other? And so nada means nothing, but it also means to swim. So, Nadar means to swim. So, you say, not, so he's saying nothing, dude, but he's also saying swim, dude. You know, it's way ah. means like dude bro. So, it's sort of a, like a pun almost. Right. So, that was, I heard that as a kid on a TV show and like thought it was the funniest thing. So, <laughs> hopefully, someone at home listening got a kick out of that. So, let's talk about People City Council. Yeah, baby, let's do it.
1: You were a co founder of People City Found? Yeah,
0: a, a- man. I was I was one of the, the original, like,. Uh, I don't know, nine or 10, I think was. was...
1: So, so, does that mean, was Richie the other uh, co founder? So, yeah. So, the way that it worked, I'll try to truncate because I'm, I'm, I accidentally have now interviewed two of the founders. Have you
0: wait, Richie was on this? Yeah. Okay, damn. Okay, shout out Richie. And
1: uh, not only was Richie on it, but for the longest time, it was the most popular episode we really? okay. did because it was two hours long. Uh, who doesn't want to talk to Antifa? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> as yeah, as yeah. I
1: kidded him. Um, but, uh, and he's also, just like you, a very dynamic person. Now I gotta
0: now I gotta beat him. You gotta you gotta tell me if I ever eclipse his episode, you gotta let me know. Well, I mean we have a healthy competition. He's a very competitive you? guy. I am as well. Me too. Jason, who's also in People City Council, we like love to like compete with each other. But yeah, so so Richie, so the way do you want me to tell you the kind Please? of a quick story? So the origin story, sure. We had um, I had been on on Twitter a ton in late twenty nineteen. Um had kind of become known, you know. I'd, I'd gone through like a very personal tragedy, and people on Twitter knew about it. And so then I was like, oh, let me get involved in like local politics and local organizing. And so, well, um, it, it,
1: so People City Council was an offshoot of uh, the tragedy that happened to your sister, Trader Joe's. No, Jones? I mean
0: it's an offshoot in that in that it, it's the reason why you know. I do what I do or why, I guess a, a small reason why People City Council exists is because um, I got involved into organizing after my sister was killed. And so, you know, so, so what happened was we, you know, I so I'd known all these people on Twitter and 2019 ends and we're like, oh, 2020 is gonna be a big year, election year, you know, where a few of us are canvassing for Nithya Raman, we're like excited about that. And then time goes on and, and uh, I remember being at her, the primary party and she did really well and be like, oh man, like 2020 is our year, it's gonna be crazy. That was March 4th of 2020. And at this point, I had, like, known of Richie. I had known a few people who, like, were doing organizing. I'd, like, work with them doing mutual aid and stuff like that. And then the pandemic hit. And there was a day where the city council was voting on a full blanket eviction moratorium that was going to, like, take care of people and, like, be actually pretty good. And the few, like, deciding votes against it were, like, Mitchell Farrell and a few other people. And it didn't pass. And it was, like, a kind of a weaker eviction moratorium. And, you know, again, I had kind of a group of people who I was talking to on Twitter and we were like very pissed and said, you know what, man, like we can't go out there and go to City Hall because everything's shut down. What we can do, though, is we have these people's addresses because they're publicly elected officials. We know where the mayor lives. Um, <laughs> let's get in our cars and let's take some signs and honk and make their lives a living hell. And that was kind of the, the seed of People City Council it was like. I think the first thing was like 30 of us showed up to the Garcetti's house. Then a few of us showed up to Mitchell Farrell's and Uri Martinez and all that. And so as time went on, it kind of was like, well, hey, like we're having good turnouts. People are like restless indoors. They're pissed at their local government. So why don't we like make this a a bit more of a concerted effort? We're going to start like a mailing list and have people show up. And then it became like, hey, like you're really cool and radical and awesome. And I met Richie and he was super radical and awesome. And then we just kind of went on a Zoom after a an event, like a like a protest, and there was about ten or twelve of us, and said, "Hey, we should start a group. We should call it People City Council. Uh, let's be pretty intent, in you know intentional with how we want to do this. What what our what our goals are, what we want to do. And so that kind of was the the start of People City Council. So I was there. Richie was there. Uh, our friend Nicole Donanian Blandone who kind of does organizing here and there but has to has had to take a step back Sabrina Johnson was there um, and a few others and that kind of became this group of 10 people and then we had a major success after George Floyd was
1: killed we raised 2 million dollars what yeah so we Okay hold hold yeah, yeah. hold on just a second by the way, you're a fantastic guest. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Your voice is loud and booming. Yeah, you man. have all the information. Yeah, you're you're not thank full you, of crap. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, man. So it's it's a, so I'm gonna I'm gonna probably be interrupting you. No worries. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Today you have fifty thousand followers on People's City Council. Yes, I just looked yeah, it up. Yeah. Um, when you were raising the two million bucks, you didn't have fifty thousand followers at that time, did you? No,
0: I think we had. I think we were. So the thing is, like, me and Richie and a few people started the. um Social media and you know, I'll give credit to Richie and that he's a, a obsessed person with social media. He's very good at playing with the algorithm and all that. So we were kind of building towards like I don't even know. I, I think we maybe had close to like between five and ten thousand followers at that point. But like which is very
1: yeah. very good for okay, again, you guys are are Far left,
0: yeah. Oh, very far left for sure. Yeah. As far left yeah. as you can get without yeah. being crazy, sure. Sure, I mean, some people would say we're crazy. Well, but, the you know, LA whatever. Times
1: called you guys yeah, idiot protesters, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. For I mean, they, they, we've also been called like uh, a liberal group, and we're like, we're not liberal, bro, we're, we're way past that. But, but anyway, yeah, so we're, we're pretty left.
1: Uh, so, so what I'm saying though is for because it's it can't it can be decisive for some, uh, uh divisive for some oh, Democrats sure, yeah, yeah. that you guys are too, yeah. uh, to the left of them, yeah. It, so anyways, to have 10,000 of them, I think is very good.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we we had, you know, we sort of knew how to engage with people. We were making, you know, we were making memes. We were like, uh, we were not being filtered as far as like, we were pissed. And we're like, hey, this is, yeah. you know, I, I'm a person who like, going what I went through, you know, Richie coming from his background and, and everybody coming from their own lived experience background and all that. We were like, we're not going to sugarcoat anything. We're not going to pull punches we're not going to you know be nice to politicians or whatever like if if we feel like they're not doing their job then we're going to call them out and then we have the power of like hey let's bring people together i mean during that summer we were having turnouts to garcetti's house with like 200 people (laughs) people were banging on drums and we had a sound system and we were you know and so Mm -hmm. what happened then was we were you know we were doing this and it was a summer of, of of the first summer of covid and we were like hey people keep getting cited at our actions like loud noise honking whatever the police were just doing whatever they could to stifle it why don't we start a gofundme to try to pay people's tickets right 500 bucks 400 bucks whatever then uh george floyd was murdered and that set off we're like hey man this is about to erupt people are you know we had been to a protest i think the night that the news broke in downtown and it was you could just sense the tension and we were like hey like people are gonna get arrested like on mass like we need to figure something out like People are starting bail funds. Let's start a bail fund of our own. We, we thought we'd raise twenty thousand, maybe maybe fifty thousand, if like, you know, the algorithm was really kind of like working in our favor. Within uh, two days of launching it, we made five hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god! Uh, that weekend was the big Pan Pacific Park protest, and Richie got arrested at that. Mm-hmm. People, you know, it was very violent. People got you know really hurt and all that. By the end of that weekend, we had made one point two million. And did did were celebrities amplifying you, everybody who was everybody, whether it was big accounts, big people with followers, whether they, you know, like leftist accounts, but also like, yeah, famous people were like donating to us, people who were, you know, because everyone was in that moment of like, oh, we want to help out. And like George Floyd was murdered. And like, you know, it was a height of people being like, oh, BLM and all that stuff. And so we were getting. $20,000 donations for people, you know, 5,000, 10,000, you know, 50 bucks here. And so we, and then, so by the end of the, I think two and a half weeks after launching it, we had made like $2.3 million. And this is, you know, this is 10 people who, (laughs) you know, sort of knew each other, but we had never, we had coalesced as a group, but we, we weren't like ready for this. And so we were like, Hey, we got to figure this out. Um, You know, immediately. $375,000 $375,000 goes to Black Lives Matter LA because we, really? we had been working with them. And, you know, Malina Abdullah, who's a, a hero of mine and a mentor of mine, mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, they need it. They'll know what to do with it. You know, us having us trying to bail people out one by one the way that we we're trying to do is not going to work. So $400,000 went to uh, the National Lawyers Guild of Los Angeles. Wow. Then we gave 100000 to here. It was like we were like, we don't this money is we need to get rid of it as soon as possible. Why? Why? Um, because we're not we're like it, this is money is not for us and again like yeah. these are 10 people who like I would trust with my life right I, I would trust Richie mm-hmm. I would trust any of those people with my life like they are good people but I said you know what the, the also you know scrutiny people love to be like oh you raise all that money where is it going are you buying yeah. you know and so we're like hey we we are going to make a paper trail of all the giant big donations that we do and so we gave you know 100,000 to Street Watch it was a, a local you yeah. know uh, mutual aid group we gave you know 40,000 to uh, Ground Game LA, who they used twenty thousand for mutual aid and twenty thousand to build out Knock LA, right? The publication. So we were like, hey, this money was for a few specific reasons, but also we need to kind of expand that because if we're <clears throat> if we support this publication that is doing good work, to me that's that's abolition based, that's that's based in in leftism, that's based in something that we agree with, right? If we give it to the national lawyers let national lawyers guild, like they're going to bail people out and they're also going to make it so people don't even have to go to jail. So like mm-hmm. something that we cannot do because we're not trained lawyers. I think mm-hmm. L- Richie is a trained lawyer at this point. But anyway, we had just said, you know, <laughs> we're going to give this money away and I think by I think as of as of now, I think so 2.3 then turns into like 2 2 million, I think, because of uh GoFundMe takes their own cut or whatever. Yeah. But as of as of now, we have given away uh 99% of that money. Nice. And we've given it to everything from you know, local mutual aid groups. We gave a hundred grand to like. Um, we had an organizer in the early days who was from the South, and so they wanted to donate to bail funds in the South, specifically like Georgia and like those kind of places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've given it to, to
1: tons of people. This is why people don't like billionaires, because they're like, if you're a billionaire, you haven't shared yeah. the wealth yeah. that you got, and and most people. It's it's a little bit luck when yeah. when you get a, a windfall like oh, this, yeah. and it's so a once in a lifetime thing that we did. So, you, yeah. but but what I'm saying is I'm congratulating you because mm-hmm. you're doing the things that the people on the left swear that they want to do. Yeah. But then they end up being millionaires somehow. <laughs>
0: yeah. No. And, and you know, and the thing is, like we, you know, and and you know, I, I get it. Like there's a there's a sense of people wanting to like, hey, I want to make sure that you're doing what you say you're doing, and there's there's something to. You know, trust but verify, as they say. But, like, at the same time, there were times where people were like, oh, well, where's the money? I'm like, well, we, we put out press releases saying we gave this much money. You know, I think the first month or so we had given away over a million of it. And we had sent out these press releases saying, hey, this is these are proven things that we've done. You can ask the people who, who organized there. Mm-hmm. BLM got their chunk. NLG, all these people got their chunks. And, and we're going to continue then to take solicitations from people saying, hey, if, you're, if you think that your group – uh deserve some of this money write us a a pitch packet right write us something we'll do a memorandum of understanding saying hey we're going we want you to use the money for this with some groups we're like hey we're not going to tell you how to use the money we know that we trust you and know that you're gonna so it was kind of a, a, a moving a bunch of moving parts but also like you have to deal with people being like oh well I heard this, and I heard that. It's like, well, I heard uh, Richie's getting paid by People's City Council to go agitate. I'm like, no, we don't pay each other. We don't get paid to do this work. We we had a windfall of $2 million that we had never thought we were going to have. And the, our, our instinct was to give it all away as soon as we possibly could. And that's how I knew that I was in a group with people who really gave a shit about the, the work that they – and I don't know if I can curse on this. Sorry. Fuck yeah, you yeah, can. Yeah, okay, awesome. But, you know, I, I knew that I was around people who, who gave a shit about what, what they, you know, what they believed in and actually believed in. And so, you know, over the years, you know, we released something, I think, four months ago because it was the, yeah, in March, it was the the three-year anniversary of People City Council. We said, hey, you know what? We love you guys. Thank you for the support. But also, here's where where 99% of your money has gone. And the small chunk that we have left, we're using for this place called Robinson Space that we do mutual aid out of and all that stuff. But it was, you know, again, I, I understand people's... Um, you know, sort of when their antenna go up and say like, oh, people, a bunch of people got money, there's going to squander it, they're going to it, whatever that is, I, I get it, I understand yeah. that, but like, after a while, it's kind of like, hey man, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can, and like, we weren't, you know, we weren't just, we were, we were not giving this money, you know, People send it to us and we were, it was like a burden almost, right? It was like this thing of like, <laughs> now we have to figure out what to do. And like, okay, if we give it to this group, does that, does that sort of match our, our mission? Does that match our, the, what we said this was going to go towards? And, you know, I mean, in 2021, we found this place called Robinson's base that we was in a Filipino town. Now is in Virgil village. And, we were doing fundraisers out of there. We were doing, you know, mutual aid and seminars and book clubs and all that. Where, stuff,
1: where you know? in Virgil Village is it?
0: We're off of uh, Burns and Virgil. So kind of right in the middle, like by Squirrel and all those kind of places. Courage Bagel? Around there, maybe like two blocks from there. Huh. Um, so, you know, but again, you know, that kind of was a long-winded way of saying, like, we made that money and we gave it away. But also it was like we knew that, like it would better serve the community than us sitting on it and saying, well, let's, let's figure it. No, we were like, no, 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 we're not going to figure it out. We're not going to, we have people who advised this and said, Hey, you should do this with it. But you know, ultimately it was kind of like, well, like we have to trust ourselves and like, People may feel a certain way about this or people may want to nitpick and say, well, well, this group is actually I'm like, no, we, we do our, you know, we do our due diligence. We, we vet yeah. these groups. We don't just give uh, groups to, you know, we're not giving it to like the Democratic Party or something, right? We're <laughs> doing it to groups that we know are, are working on the ground trying to, to do stuff. So that was, you know, that's that's kind of how it went.
1: Let's talk a little politics. Yeah. I interviewed Nithya when she was running. Sure. And I was very impressed by her.
0: I was impressed by her, too. That's why I was, like, canvassing for her a ton back in 2020.
1: I felt like she was our version of AOC. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. uh, Maybe not the Puerto Rican feisty uh, uh, AOC, but more of the more intellectual uh, West Coast version. Yeah. Which I thought fit L.A. really, really well. You guys can you guys can be shaking up the the, the cages of people, but the politicians <laughs> usually a little bit more smooth. Yeah, I feel like though that now a lot of the people who voted for both her and for Hugo are yeah. disappointed. Yeah. Are you in that box too? I mean, uh,
0: I couldn't vote for Nithia because I was living in Th- District Thirteen at the time. But I am. I mean, here is the thing about you have to understand that that the way that we come at it, like people from People's City Council and people who like are part of the movement. You know, we, we understand that electoralism can only take you so far, right? We understand that, like, three people out of 15, it's hard to shake up the tree. But at the same time, you, it, we, we respect you more if you're trying to at least stand apart from people and stand apart from the way things are done. So Nithya, uh, you know, one of her things that she ran on was, was oh, well, you know, uh, city council votes unanimously 99% of the time. I want to change that. She's voted with them pretty much unanimously most of the time Uh, okay okay.
1: why do you think it's like that though
0: well i think people i I don't know you know and and as someone who i ran for city council as well and so for me i I always had this thing that kept me up at night i was like when does it happen when does it when do you sell out what are you already sold out before you get to office do you sell out the moment that you have your first hard thing to vote on right when when does that happen and so for me i'm like you know it becomes easier to go along with the 15, the 14 other people, right? If you're Ugo, if you're Nithya, if you're Eunesis, and I give respect to Eunesis because she has held strong and said, you know what, even though this is going to pass... My no vote on it means something to me and I, I stand for what I believe. And I, I respect that because as soon as Nithia got hit with any difficult propositions, any difficult things to, to talk about or to vote on, she went with the crowd. Same with Ugo. Ugo mm-hmm. voted on the police bu- on the on the city budget that increased in, in you know uh, sorry, that included an increase in police budgeting. And he was a guy who ran on like Oh, I'm an abolitionist. Depending on where I'm, you know, where I'm talking, and I'm gonna be, you know, not the friend of the LAPD. But depends on who he's talking to, right? If he's talking to DSA or whatever, he's like, oh, I'm an abolitionist. I believe in no police. If he's talking to some, you know, person in Larchmont, he's like in a suit saying, oh, well, you know, LAPD, we need to maybe like figure something out with him. Like he's 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 playing, you know, he's a born politician in that way. Mm. But I think what happens is, you know, we understand that it's not going to, you know, Nithya, Unisus, and and Ugo standing firm and saying we're not going to vote it's still 12 to 12 to 3 right it's still Mm going to pass but it's at least standing for something it's at least saying you know what i don't i don't believe in this and perhaps it's a way to start a conversation if you're telling me that those three people if they really stood together could not whip at least two or three more people right right and it's still going to pass but ultimately it's something you are you are fighting against the way that things are done and so from when i see you know people still try to defend Ugo. I'm like, you know what? He started, he broke the seal. He voted for a budget that had an increase to police budgeting. And not only did he vote for it, he said it was the most progressive budget he'd ever seen in the history of LA. So it wasn't even just like, yeah, you know what? I can't do anything about it. Let me know. He emphatically said, I support this. And so for me, mm-hmm. as a guy whose sister was killed by the LAPD and and who has spent time g- going after them and, and and meeting other families of people killed by police and LAPD, mm-hmm. Seeing that, I'm like, you know what? That to me is is cowardice. But it's also like these people are making a play for, for re-election all the time, right? Nithia's already announced her, her re-election next year. She's right? running for it. And she has voted for police money every single time. This is the person mm-hmm. who, on the night that she was that she made it past the primary, I sat there and told her, you know what? I really believe in you. And Melly, my sister who was killed by the LAPD. Would be would be canvassing for you and would be proud to be on your campaign. And she cried and we hugged and then she went and voted for for a police budget uh, for a police increase every time that it came up. And it wasn't even just the, it's not even just the budget. It's it's giving more money to police for this program or taking you know they recently took away money from a food bank program to give to a LAPD cadet program in the valley. Yeah, like and 50 so, grand, right? Yeah, and so for me, I'm like, you know what? It, it's not. These are not isolated incidents. It's not like, oh, well, I, my hand my hands were tied. I couldn't do anything. No, it's it's a pattern at this point. And Ugo will continue that pattern as I knew he would. And I told people, I'm like, "Hey, I know that you like him. I know that you think he's going to be like the savior or whatever. He had this weird like cult of people behind him, but like he's not he's going to fall in line as they all do." And he did. And Nithya mm-hmm. did and I don't think Eunice will. We'll see how,
1: how her the rest of her tenure goes, but you know. The the, the thing that the thing that Well, okay. I have a poster of Nithia and Bernie Sanders. Sure. Bernie wouldn't just vote for whatever the crowd is. Now, yeah. Nithia might say, okay, but Bernie is not handling Los Feliz. Sure. And on week one, when there's homeless on uh, uh, off of Hollywood Boulevard yeah. in her district, they wanted to recall her. and 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 I would have said, yes, but Bernie has no problem explaining his votes to people. Yeah. It seems like Hugo and Nithia are so paranoid that they won't be able to enunciate why they voted yeah. for something. Yeah. that They're just like, screw it. It's going that way anyways. I may as well vote. But they're still going to have to explain to somebody, and now they have to explain to the people who voted for them. Yeah. I voted for Hugo because I thought he was going to be different than Mitch. He is different. He's less sure. experienced. That's the only difference.
0: And, you know, and I'll, I'll give him credit. He he removed the fence from Michael Park Lake, which I think was a good thing to do.
1: Well, but he also put it back up after, uh, was it you guys that tore it down?
0: Well, yeah. Now <laughs> I can say that now. I Yeah, me and some of my friends went and tore some of it down uh-huh. and had a good time. No, but then he, t- he took it down permanently, which is good because, you know, he said he was going to. Now it took him four months from taking office to do it. Again, that's that's my own critical sort of nature. I'm like, yeah, you could you could have done it week one, but you didn't, and and do, you. Do,
1: do you agree with uh, William film the police that the that the reason that he put it up in four months was to hit the anniversary and try to do some sort of? Uh, I
0: think so, but I think that we scared him off from doing some big sort of like congratulatory, like oh, you know, no, we were like, no, you should take it down now. Fuck an anniversary, fuck all that. Like, if you said you're gonna do it, if you you campaigned on it, just fucking do it. You have a lot. The thing is. What's interesting to me about Nithia and Ugo is they pretend like they're still candidates. So you are in power, bro. <laughs> you have the power, you have the resources, and this is this is the thing, right? The 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 key to governing and to being a city council member um, is that you are going to piss people off no matter what you do. Right. Whether you support the police, right? If you if you vote to to give police more money, you're going to piss some people off. And you're going to make people happy. If you do the opposite, you're going to piss some people off and make some, you know, it 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 sort of depends on where can you take the heat from, right? Ugo said I can take the heat from my DSA people and the people who thought I was an abolitionist, because the people who are going to be happy about this budget are going to help get me reelected. Uh, give you know Mayor Bass is going to give me better resources. What they're they're playing the the political game. And for me, like mm. I, when I ran, I told my staff, I said, you know what, if we make it let's only plan to be there for four years because we're going to piss a lot of people off. We're going to do things that are going to ruffle feathers that are going to make people hate us. And it's going to be the right people that hate us, right? It's going to be right. the police and and the landlords and all that, but we're not going to get reelected because they're going to be so angry that they're going to pour millions of dollars into, to getting me out of office. So let's plan for four years. Whereas the moment Ugo and Nithya got into office, they're like, okay, how can we make these people happy? How can we still pay some lip service to the people who got us here? Mm-hmm. But then let's also think about, you know, Making making money and and being in office for twelve years because that's what their terms are.
1: So Hugo really thinks that people who love the police are going to vote for him.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I I can't honestly can't tell what his strategy is because they still see him. the the other side the the bad people still see him as an abolitionist. Of course. He you know they mentioned that one time in a debate or something and then they that stuck with him right. The, right. The police uh, association LAPPL spent a bunch of money against him even though like. He's pretty pro-cop from what he the way he's voted. But, like, yeah. for some reason, because he's not, like, sitting there, you know, saluting cops every day or whatever, he's not, you know, because he's not being so effusive about it, yeah. uh, they still see him. And so it's an interesting kind of balance because, like— they don't like you yet, man. But also, you're losing the people who got you elected. Right. All the DSA folks, all the left wing folks, they they hate you too. So you're kind of a man without a nation right now. Like the police lovers and the police are. Not, I don't welcome you because they still think of you this way. And your people who got you there don't welcome you either. Are you a uh, District 13 right now? Yeah, I live in Filipino Town. Yeah.
1: You could run against him and win.
0: I don't know, man. I think I think I'm you... too. I'm too honest. I'm too. You don't think that that's what this. Areas about? Dog, I mean, I, listen, I, 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 I get what you're saying, and people tell me this all the time, but like, I got four and a half percent of the vote, and and
1: against Mitch, though.
0: But yeah, but but the thing Mitch, is, Mitch is a force. He was a yeah, which sure. is why it,
1: it 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 was impressive that Hugo beat him. Yeah. But also, it should be a lesson to Hugo. We didn't want Mitch.
0: Here's the thing. though. Don't what, be Mitch. Yeah. What's different though about like Hugo got votes because. You know, a, he ran an effective campaign. I don't want I don't I don't like him at all, but i I will give <laughs> I will give the credit where so he ran an effective campaign. Yeah, he was from labor. he got a lot of people yep. behind him. But he also r- ran on just like not being Mitchell Farrell. And right. for me, it was kind of like when we got, I think the final tally was like, 2,000-something votes. And for me, I'm like, every person who voted for me, voted for me. Not because I wasn't Mitchell Ferrer, not because I was the lesser evil. They voted because I talked to them, and they knew that I wasn't full of shit. They knew that even when I was under scrutiny, even when I went to, a, a, you know, a, a, what's it called? The candidate forum in fucking Larchmont or, or, or Wilshire Ebell Theater, that I was going to stand my ground and say, you know what, fuck this, and fuck all these people, and that I wasn't going to you know, play nice with the people and kiss the golden ring. I don't fucking do that. Like my yeah. sister was killed by the LAPD. I don't fucking bow to anybody. Right. I don't, yeah. I don't. So, so people voted for Ugo because a, he was effective at what he did. He wasn't Mitchell Farrell. He seemed like the better option. And so, you know, I get that, but they voted mm-hmm. for me because they knew that Albert Carrado was not to be fucked with and that, that, that I wasn't shakeable. Whereas Ugo, the moment he gets into office is like, Oh, sure. Yeah, whatever. And we're trying to, you know, he, he was, instead of taking the fence down, immediately, he went and canvassed the neighborhoods around this saying, hey, how do you feel about this? Because I think if he had gotten enough people saying, we don't fucking want this, we don't, we want it to stay up, he would have said, hey, my hands are tied, my constituents, you know, I, I serve at their pleasure. It was all a, a ploy, and so, not to get too, mm-hmm. but, you know, but to me, like, the reason these people go into office, maybe it starts with wanting to help people, but ultimately, it ends up, wanting to hold power and power corrupts and that's why i was terrified of being like Mm. if i'm the guy and and you know i listen i know who i am i know my my own strength of of character but man i don't know i'm like karen bass 30 years ago was was being surveilled by the lapd and was seen to be some sort of radical and now she's doing what she's doing so i'm like it fucking happens to everybody you know or maybe not to everybody but it happens to to a lot of people and for me i'm like man i can't Those those checks
1: are the fattest checks these people are ever going to get.
0: You know, listen, I I remember thinking like, man, this would be a great job and I would be making 200 grand a year. That's more money. I've been a barista and and grocery store clerk and, and server my whole life. That'd be more money than I've ever made. And you can hire your friends. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Which is cool, too. Let's talk about your sister. Yes, sure. Um, five years ago,
0: yeah, five this week. Years. Uh, as of July 21st, so last week.
1: She was uh, one of the managers at the Trader Joe's in Silver Lake. Yep. She had worked uh, at a different Trader Joe's in the Valley for a number of years. Toluca Lake. I-, I worked there with her for a year and a half. Did you really? I did, yeah. You're a Trader I- Joe's I- person, too? Uh, yeah, she put in
0: the good word and got me hired there, and I worked there for a year and a half. Uh, I fucking hated it. Melly. Loved that place and like bled uh, Trader Joe's and was like, I fucking love it. And she got promoted to manager pretty quickly, mm-hmm. like by their standard. What or did you
1: not like about it?
0: I, you know what, man? Like, I love people. I do not like serving them. I do not like having to be <laughs> fake, nice, and have to, you know, sit there and be like, hey, I, can you cut this piece of cheese for me? You know, like you have to be so, so, so nice there. They are really and nice. And so, like, let them walk on your back. Where I'm like, you know what, man? Like, I'm nice to people, but if you're disrespectful to me, I, I find it very hard to hide my disdain. So I was very much like, I don't fucking like these people. Whereas Melly was like, Albert, be nice and whatever, and she she bought into the ethos of the company of like, we got to make this the best trip they've ever had to the grocery store we got to be nice and funny and listen to them and you know i would sometimes work the demo station whereas like you have coffee and then you're demoing you know like oh let me let's try the new pizza whatever yeah and i'd sit there and like these old men would just sit there and try to talk to me you know they're lonely old men and i would be like i don't i'm like i want to <laughs> fucking talk but i'm like sitting there talking to them but then it, it was just i i didn't buy into the to the culture of it yeah. is, is what it come down to
1: so she worked at uh the silver lake trader joe's so that she'd which... been there for seven months which um, those of us who live around it know it as... I ain't going in there. Very busy because it's it's hard. It's it's even hard to drive past the thing yeah. because the traffic is so bad. Yeah. That light across from Gelson's
0: and the, the yeah the parking is terrible at, at most Trader Joe's and especially at that one it's it's, yeah. it's bad. I mean it's it's bad all around. It's it's in a crowded part of town. It's a weird little corridor. It's, yeah. it's bad. Yeah.
1: So uh, she was working there. There was a car chase. So yeah, this guy, Gene Atkins,
0: uh, you know, bad dude, had was going through some stuff. He shot his grandmother seven times. She survived, which is wild. Wow. She was like in her 80s, I think. Uh, he stole her car and I guess on, the, on along the way had kidnapped his girlfriend, oh my taken her with him. And someone called in the, you know, the robbery saying, "Hey, someone got shot and he stole the car." And so they the police found him using LoJack and then chased him around town for I forgot the timeline, but it may have been like half an hour or something. But he was mm-hmm. driving all around. Like he was, you know, they were on a chase. At a certain point, they get to Hyperion. They're coming down that hill, and one of his tires blows out. We don't know if the cop shot it or what happened. Tire blows out, hits the pole that's outside of the Trader Joe's. He gets out, runs inside, and, and they say in order to stop him from hurting people, whatever they thought, they fire into the Trader Joe's. And so what happened was when the car hit the pole, inside everyone thought, oh, this is a car accident. Melly thought that, too, and so she th- she's told people, and I've had this corroborated by a ton of people who are there, hey, I'm, I'm going to check out what's going on out there. Just chill. Like, I'll, I'll go check this, right? Going to help someone. Real manager. What, what managers do, right? They keep the peace. They go and help people, and, you know, if, if aid was needed, she would have done it or called 911, whatever. So mm-hmm. she went out there, again, not knowing that police were chasing this guy, and as uh, this guy runs in, Melly's kind of walking out th- towards the door. We don't exactly know where she was but we're thinking maybe the threshold of the door. Mm -hmm. They shoot at him eight times. One of them hits his arm. One hits Melly. Um, The rest of them, you know, hit stuff in the store, but no one else is injured or killed. Everyone runs to the back of the store because there's, you know, shots being fired. This guy runs into the back with them. Melly again in the, in the sort of what, in in the melee of what happened, Melly shot, she runs back in there's like a little manager's like desk on the side, so she goes and hides there, uh, looking for cover. We think, again, no one knows what's happening. You know, people saw Melly get shot, but in the in the Maelstrom, no one figured out what where she was or what happened. So everyone's in the back, and so then, yeah, this guy holds them hostage for three hours. At some point, someone discovers Melly uh, laying on the floor and saying, "Hey, she's been shot." They bring her out. At that point, it was already too late, and so mm-hmm. my dad was. Around the area, being told, like, you know, they couldn't, could only get so close. I was living in Minneapolis at the time, playing phone tag with people, trying to figure out what was going on. And yeah, I think a few days later. So the day after that, that, it happened, the LAPD said it was Gene Atkins, the suspect who killed Melly. It was his bullet. And everybody who we talked to that night, including, and I talked to my dad. He said, I talked to people there. After everything happened, Melly was pronounced dead or whatever. Everyone in the store told him, the police shot her the guy who was running into the store didn't shoot it he shot at them in the like previous part of the the chase right he did not shoot at them when he was running into the store he didn't shoot it like he didn't shoot anybody in the store mm-hmm. And they said hey it was his bullet that killed melly everyone knew it was wrong uh two days after that so that was a sunday that was that was reported melly was killed on a saturday that tuesday comes out they do a press conference hey our bullet killed melly carrado we're sorry and we knew it and so we sued them and so God. that's been five years since we sued them, five years since Melly was was shot and killed. And um, yeah, man, I mean, it, it was the, it's the the greatest tragedy I've ever known. And it's well, also sure. that same day, wildly, uh, Jonathan Gold died. Uh, mm. LA legend um, died that day. And I remember having some weird feelings, being like, "Fuck Jonathan Gold, man!" Like you know, <laughs> like you know, I, I liked his writing, but I remember having these weird feelings of like, my sister died. You know, like whatever. Yeah. It was it was a weird time, but yeah.
1: I, why did the police a few. Days ago, put out uh, a tweet about this. Well, I
0: this. mean, I, this is, and my- About my, my, how sorry they are. Yeah. So this is the thing. They they tried to, to, to deny that they killed Melly. Then they had to fess up and say it was us. Um, you know, we never were friendly with them. Obviously, they killed someone we love, but we, like, said, you know, talk to our lawyers- like, we're not talking to you. Stay the fuck away from us. Yeah. So they've never referenced us in the media before. They've never. Oh, really? No, I mean, the thing is, like, besides that. There wasn't first... a one year
1: anniversary No, 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 no.
0: Besides, like, that first week where, like, they're, you know, Chief Moore's being like, oh, we're so sorry. And it was a tragedy. Besides that sort of initial thing, they've never come out and said, oh, the Corrado family, like, we're, we're commemorating. They've never, like, mentioned us because we're suing them, obviously. But, like, mm. they've never. And so what happened was I had a big rally in Echo Park Lake. We had a ton of people out there. I have a ton of contacts in the media. I had a ton of people show up and report on it. And they got, I think, and my lawyers agree, I think they got so much heat from that rally and so much heat from people calling their asses out, saying, hey, it's been five years. We're three months out from trial. We're finally going to start trial in October. Good. We're calling attention to them. We're calling them out. We're saying that they've never done right by Melly. We were, you know, we're really like, and and the thing is we had Melly's friends speak to. So it was coming from a place of like people who knew Melly." People who've only heard of Melly, it became, you know, it became this thing of, like, we love her. We've built this community around her. We've built all this around her. We've, we have you know, a lot of stuff has happened in the city as a result of Melly, right? My involvement in local politics and all that is a result of that. And so, mm-hmm. like, whatever that counts for, um, we've accomplished that, right? And so I think that they were like, fuck, we're getting our asses handed to us. People are pissed at us. People are seeing us as... as rightfully as as murderers and so they put out a thing on a saturday night at 8:30. they put out a statement saying you know our our heartfelt condolences go out to the corrado family and it's a tragedy and like i don't know just felt to me like they're scared or something or they were like not prepared to deal Could, with that, that have, backlash. Have,
1: have they offered a settlement before it goes to trial
0: um no they have not so we're without giving too much into the case we we are uh scheduled to try some mediation before so okay. trial
1: starts october 30th are, are you cool with all this stuff i don't know man i mean I, I've because been... on one hand i could see if, if if it was my sister and and i hated the cops maybe beforehand i did yeah 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 sure. were you were you a
0: cab before all this i would say i was like 90 percent there okay. i think i think maybe i thought like oh yeah most cops are pieces of shit because i grew up in la obviously <laughs> one of my earliest memories was rodney king right. all that so I would like—you know, I maybe was like, oh, yeah, 90% of cops are pieces of shit, but maybe there's guys who are trying to, like, you know, make the system better, and and yeah. that was obviously okay. bullshit. So,
1: on one hand, I'd be like, we're never going to get a bigger payout yeah. than if we do a jury trial, because what jury is going to say— what jury is going to agree with the police that it is under their policy to shoot into yeah. the front door of a of, a, of yeah. an open store? Yeah. Like that's just totally insane. It's insulting. We, I want to see this policy. Yeah. Where have you seen this policy where it says you can shoot into an open store? No, I mean you know they they try to justify it. There's also a policy of like.
0: Melly was, her body was uh, given a tox screen, a toxicology screen after she was killed. Mm-hmm. Was not in, interacting with the cops, was not running from them, Was not had no interaction with them. And, it's a and they still ran uh, a drug, basically a drug test on her. Oh. Because, you know, and our thought is and that like.
1: Like what if, difference
0: does it matter? Well, they, well, here's the thing. I think if they had found anything, whether weed or coke or yeah. beer, wh- whatever, I think they would have tried to dirty her up and say, oh, well, she was under the influence. And so she was not, you know, like blaming her for her own. Like this is how they operate. This is how they operate. They they do this mm. to and the thing is with Melly, you know, with, with other shootings, there's things that make it difficult. Like right there, like, oh well this person had a gun or this person was Yeah. Well, you know, they, it's bullshit justification, but they they're able to do it to their supporters and to the public, saying, Oh, this guy had a gun, we
1: had to do Melly had no nothing. She had no Good. interactions with them at all. Well, um, I wasn't I wasn't aware that the police could do an autopsy on my relative without my permission. Yeah.
0: I mean it was a victim of a of a homicide so that's how it works I guess but yeah I mean it's it was All right uh, so, so that's uncool. So yeah, uncool. So that so, might,
1: that may make me want to go to trial. But
0: here's the thing, I think yeah, the question and that's something that I've been asked a bunch recently and like here's my kind of thought about it is like there's a big part of me that I would say 70-80% of me is like I want to go to trial. I want these motherfuckers to have to answer for what they did and and I want them to sit in front of a jury. Yes. and say, why is, it, why is it okay that this person was killed? Why did you feel the need to fire eight rounds into a fucking store where six other people could have been hit by those bullets and killed, right? There could yeah. be, un, you know, it's a, that thing uh, from that movie, Nope, a bad miracle, right? It's a bad miracle that Melly was the only one killed that day. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I want to see them squirm in their seats. I want them to see the 50 or 100 people we're going to bring to trial every day who support us. I want them to sit there and have to face me and my father, and that's the part of me that's, like, the the righteous anger I have in my, my body. There's also the other part of me that's, like, you know what, man? My dad's in his 60s, and, you know, he's, o- he's okay health-wise. He's decent, but, like, this will break him. Like, the, the Melly being killed, you know, has broken him in a, in a big way. Obviously, like, it's his daughter dying. And so going to trial, I know, will be traumatizing all, all over again for me, for him, for my brother, for my family, for her friends. Going through that is going to be really hard. And, again, there's a part of me that's, like, so, like – Fuck it, let's do it. And there's a part of me that's like, you know what, man? Like, it's never about the money. You have to put a number that seems, you know, sufficient, which is fucked up. Like, how do you put a number, you know, an amount of money on a life? But I'm like, you know what? Like, it's never been about the money. If we go to mediation, we'll get money and I can take care of my dad and buy him a house and chill and and just do the work and continue to call for the cops to be abolished or whatever. Or, you know, and, and with trial, that's possible, too, but it's possible that we could lose, yeah. depending on people's attitudes towards policing and mm-hmm. what people we get for the for the jury. Like, it, it could go either way. So you're taking a risk going to trial. You're taking less of a risk doing mediation. But, like, again, the, the there's a part of me that maybe won't be satisfied by mediation, mm. but it's also kind of this thing of, like, self-preservation. I don't want to go through... Having to hear these people talk about it and having to like see the videos of melly you know, there were videos inside of uh, cameras inside of of Trader Joe's. I don't want to see that. Right. You know, I don't want people to have to see that. And then they're going to play it on the news. Yeah. And so there's, you know, I'm kind of conflicted of like, yeah, I really want to. And I really don't because it would be easier to not have to sit there and be traumatized by this all over again. So, you know, depending on the day, I'm like ready to go. And other days I'm like, fuck it, mediation. Let's do it. Let's uh, accept their terms and get the fuck out of here on your twitter. Yeah.
1: Are you a Libra? I am, yeah. I am too. October 19th. I'm 22nd. Oh,
0: really? Nice. Okay. We're uh, on the on the end of it, right? Yeah, the yeah. Cusp, yeah.
1: The reason I ask. We don't really want conflict. Yeah. We're we're peacemakers. We're great in conflict for a short period of time. Yeah, sure. But if 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 it's for the right reasons, for idealistic reasons, yeah. which this is definitely yeah, yeah. right right there. But we don't want a prolonged conflict. Yeah. We want it to be Done, But, again, idealism is a big deal for us. So I might come from the point of view like this may hurt me, this yeah. may hurt my family. But in the long run, if I can save the next Melly yeah. from having yeah. this happen, then maybe it's worth it. But the LAPD doesn't seem to learn from any of these no. payouts that they have to do because it doesn't affect them. It comes out of our taxes as opposed to their union taxes. Stuff, Yeah. And so it is it is tough, isn't it?
0: It's tough. And I think, you know, too, like we, you know, and the thing that I realized when I got into local organizing is like, you know, it's not just the police. The police are obviously the aggressors and the main bad guy here, but it's also the city council. It's also people who help support them, who like, right. who, who who make it so they get more money every year, who are sympathetic. It's about judges and city attorneys who love cops. And like, you know, it. it, ha- it it's not the police are emboldened by everyone around them, right? They're murderous thugs. But if everyone around them is telling them, "Hey, you did a great job," they can't sit there and be self-aware and, and do the work of like, man, maybe killing that girl at the at the grocery store, killing that girl at the Burlington Coat Factory in North which, Hollywood, which, which
1: to me is so similar, it's so similar, yeah, because because here's suspects who are trapped in a building, yeah, yeah. you don't have to shoot them, yeah, the, 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 this weird training that they have that because I have a gun, I have to use it, is ridiculous. Yeah. He was trapped in there, yeah. He, he can't get out. And, and and like we said before, the reason I don't go to that Trader Joe's, it's it's too crowded. It's crowded, yeah. Which is perfect for police to be able to surround that mm-hmm. place and
0: either wait him out or whatever it is. And and you know, the very telling thing to me was that that guy who was in there, he was in there for two and a half hours with them, like, holding them hostage, quote-unquote. And, like, he knew that the moment he stepped out there, he was going to be killed by them. There was no talking them down. They were ready to fucking kill him. And so he, like, basically... Fostered some sort of agreement where they said, "Hey, he's like, hey, I will give myself up. I, I, I'm not going to go out there because I will be shot by a sniper. I will be killed by someone. Have them bring in the, the handcuffs. I will handcuff myself and then be escorted out there. But, I, you know, so he even knew, right? He's a black man who's who's run afoul of the police. He even knew that the moment that they're able to, they're going to kill him and no one will give a shit about that, right? That no right. one will fucking care because the, they always see the police have to do what they have to do. So to me, you know, policing is is the big problem but it's also the people who support it and the people who who look at things like what happened to melly what happened to valentina who's the girl in in north hollywood you know that th- this is nothing has ever done differently right after melly was killed there was not an attempt by anybody to say hey maybe we should deal with these things differently maybe before opening fire we should try to de-escalate right there was nothing like that it was mm-hmm. th- there was sorry that your sister was killed and we got to move on in in, in fact and, and this is
1: okay I can kind of understand the cowardliness of politicians, Mm -hmm. first-term politicians, who've never had this kind of paycheck before, who've never had this kind of power before, maybe not be as punk rock right out of the gate. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Even though I would be. Yeah. Because fuck it. You know, Bernie has taught us some things. Michael Moore has already collected his, his retirement. Yeah. His, his force already doesn't like him. For him to say, no, that was out of policy. You don't shoot into a yeah. store. That's ridiculous. You do care about the, the, the community as a whole as opposed to one suspect. Yeah. It would not have... His his popularity rank doesn't really matter. Yeah. And, it, and it wouldn't have moved the needle that much if he had said, I'm sorry, but that was wrong. Yeah. Instead... He did the cowardly thing, and he's sticking to yeah, that and, and that note.
0: I mean, you know, honestly, it's very lucrative uh, to be a cop. You know, comes with a lot of benefits, whether that's monetary or you, people see you as a hero. Right? There's people who love cops, and so they're never going to turn on their own. They're never going to take the moment to say, you know what? What we're doing. Is immoral. It's fucked up. We're, we're not only even just killing people. It's like you are stealing resources from a city. You are saying every year that you need more money. Right. You're, you know, you're doing overtime wage stuff. Like it's, it's, it's not even just the egregious thing of killing someone. It's like every, every, everything else, right? Hey, well, don't you want cops in libraries? Well, we need money for that. Don't you want cops, you know, they're they're trying to put themselves in every manner of our lives. Whether we want it to go to the you know, you go to Ralph's now. Maybe it's not a cop, but it's like it's it's the mentality of like we need someone with a gun there because cops have made it so we're terrified. And then honestly, the media, man, not to sound like one of those guys like no media, but like they do a lot of uh they carry a lot of water for this. Absolutely. People. And they take these, you know, statements by the police, these these police reports and basically report them as gospel and so to me yeah it's it's the rot is 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 from the you know the top of the cops, but it goes down to everyone else who like yeah. and you know and, and michael moore again being the most powerful cop in la you would you know that there's a, i think people are thinking that oh maybe he has a conscience i don't know when you're that that high up i think you have to remove a part of yourself to be able to look at what happens on a day-to-day basis and be okay with it and then not only be okay with it but like justify it right when you see that that a Fourteen-year-old girl at, at a Burlington Coat Factory is killed for no fucking reason, right? Like a guy. Second who was, floor. Yeah, second floor. A guy who's wielding, a, I think, a crowbar or whatever it was. Right. Who you know, you have three cops coming in there, fully armed, fully body armored, who are always somehow afraid for their lives, <laughs> and then you don't say anything and just say, "Yeah, it was a tragedy," but again, you know, he won't, he'll never not come out against the cops. And to me, that's you know, that's indicative of a cult. It's indicative of of, of a, a fraternal order that knows that it has a lot of power and will never give it up no one you know the cops will never give up that power
1: let me ask you the hard question yeah when when people chant defund the police or hold up the signs. Yes. And all that kind of stuff. There's people who don't understand. Yeah. Can you explain when you say defund, yeah. you don't mean there's nobody on the other end of 911. What you mean is what? Well what I mean
0: is and, and I wanna I wanna be clear in that like Specifically me and, and people some people that I know like we we don't want the police to be a thing ever again, right? We don't we're we want them done like we don't the way that they exist right now They're they're done like they don't respond to shit. They don't they're not in a job The police force is not a thing. What we what what we mean by saying defund the police is, is saying, okay The police make 3.1 billion a year. It's probably 3.2 at this point now think about your local park your local school They have money that's taken away from them every year, right? People have to share books. People have to, you know, whatever. There's not the food sucks. Whatever it is, communities are are going without resources, right? Mm -hmm. We have a spike in crime. People are stealing things. They're stealing catalytic converters. They're stealing whatever. They're breaking into places. These are all related because guess what? The person who's doing that, they're not doing it for a thrill. You know, maybe one guy loves to steal. I used to love to shoplift as a kid, whatever, but I was also poor and the right. reason people are doing this is because they're poor and they want to make money off of it they're going to sell that catalytic converter they're trying to survive yeah the kid who's in the school who's sharing a book understands that there are schools in other neighborhoods that are so much nicer kids who are eating way better food who have books and and resources who can take music classes who can you know learn a language that isn't just spanish which is what what they offered me in high school right you look at communities and you look at the fact that they are so underfunded. And, the, and we're surprised that people in those communities are committing crime. Mm-hmm. No, these people are trying to survive. They're doing something because they are desperate.
1: They, you so, know. so there would be no police stations? If I right. called 911, if there was a, a bump in the night yeah, under under President uh, uh, Albert, <laughs> yeah. Well, who, I, who I, do I call? Well, what get, do I do? I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So, okay. so
0: when you look at all that stuff, and that's really what how, how, how it is, right? You go to certain neighborhoods and it's like, they're underfunded. The streets look like shit. The school, whatever. It's because we have given all this money to the police. And, and instead of, and mm-hmm. in, in, so here's the thing. If you give money to the communities that are filled with people who are going out and committing crimes, right? Whatever you want to call it. You know, people like, oh, I hate that word like ghetto. But like, you know, whatever. If you give money to those communities and, and put after school programs and parks and resources and, and food and all that stuff, those people are going to be less likely to go do that. And that's, that is True. to me the, the, the sort of the point of defunding the police is we're not saying you know we're saying the police have a fuck ton of money yet crime is still rampant yet people are still poor people can't can't you know get a bite to eat people are becoming homeless at a record rate those are those are those are related yeah. right. the fact that we're giving the police that much money every year and we're take we have to take that money right the money just doesn't come from nowhere you have to take it from things you're taking it from a food bank let's say mm-hmm. and giving it to a program so to me so that's the, that's the defunding the police, what it kind of boils down to, is giving it to people who deserve it, who, who have needs that are more material than the police. The police, it's, a, it's an intangible thing. Well, oh, for this, we need, we need overtime. We need, you know, boot polish. We need all this stuff. And it's a, it's a fucking waste of money. It's, for the, it's a waste for them to get more money. And they, they love to come and say, we need more money.
1: Crime is up. Well, you, you needed more money last year. Well, let me, let, me, let me put it this way to you then. I want I have had somebody try to knock down my door. Sure. Now, when I called nine one one, yeah, the guy was long gone. Um, which isn't the police's fault. Nobody can be here in a second. But to your point, he was crazy. So if there had been programs that would have yeah. identified him, put him in mental health situations, I think. I think I understand yeah, so your I all, that- hold. hold on. I think I understand your overall theory. Yes. However. Maybe I'm more moderate than than my sure. punk rock friends at People yeah. City Council. How about take a billion dollars out of those three billion? Yeah. Would you be okay with that? I think I'd be okay with that as, as a
0: start. As a start, here's the thing, man. But eventually,
1: you would, you would have no yeah, police because well, here's the thing again. If you the
0: more you fund communities, the more you fund people and like their dreams and aspirations. Mm-hmm. Again, criminality is not going to go away. That is something that exists in people, right? That Human is, nature. It's it's a sickness in our soul, and some people yeah. want to go to church for it, astrology, whatever it is, right? You're going to try to find a way to deal with these things. There's sicknesses in us as people that, that right. the state cannot sort of get, get rid of. But for me, that guy is going to get help instead of coming to to try to fuck with you. The person sleeping on the street who's maybe doing drugs or whatever, they're going to get help, and they're going to have a place. And so you're, you're stopping the problems before they even exist. Now, let me get to your – your the, the reason why for me abolition is uh, – is a discipline and why I, I want it to be the future of the world is that, you know, just because a thing exists doesn't mean it has to keep existing. And good, the way that the police have, have grown to be and the things that they're responsible for and the things that they do think mm-hmm. about it. I mean, my, my dad has had his truck stolen uh, twice in the last year. Mm-hmm. And this last time we found it, it was all fucked up. No. There's, there's nothing saying that if we have, 10 times more police that that's going to stop. It's not right. going to stop. People right. are still going to steal trucks because they're fucking poor, because mm-hmm. they're going to sell it to someone. So to me, abolition is is sort of the most – it's the best-case scenario. It's the most imaginative thing because now if we're saying, hey, the police are done, that's not saying that cr- criminality and, and crime is going to disappear. It means that we're going to deal with it differently, mm-hmm. that the person who's committing a crime – we're going to figure out a way as a community, and every community may be different or whatever, and every abolitionist may have different thoughts. But we're going to figure out a way to deal with that, and 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 instead of being carceral and sending everything to everyone to prison or using police to solve the problems, we're going to use our resources that we have plenty of because police gave it all up. We're going to use, uh, you know, the the learning that we've been able to do because we can go to school and have access to good books and good resources. We're, we're well fed, we're, we're smart and all that. So again, it's, it's taking care of people and saying, those people are taken care of, they're going to make better decisions. And the guy if, if, the guy who, who tried to fuck with you, if maybe he'd been given more resources and mental health help, he wouldn't be doing that he'd be maybe somewhere living a better yeah. life
1: has there been a community who's been able to do what you hope to there's
0: do? i mean if you think about stuff like in denver and you know there's like they replace a lot of police with like social workers i mean it's it's very there's not a lot of stuff you can point at because i think people are really scared i think yeah. we've been so scared by the media and by honestly police are very good at spinning the propaganda machine where it's like hey man if you defund us even by a little everyone you love is going to get killed and raped and (laughs) murdered and whatever um but i think that people are scared but i think you know i think that the grand gamble that we need to take as a society right now is to instead of trying to police our way out of out of the problems that we were facing why don't we try something else and you know and say yeah you know what hey let's start with with 500 million start with a billion you have to sell it to people right like me st- trying to tell people every tell everyone saying hey you need to be an abolitionist that's not going to convert a lot of people but i think we need to prove to people that hey there is something to what we're saying and you can see little hints of it here and there you know social workers that have been you know uh, that are doing the work that police used to respond to they're getting great results and again we're, we're we have to deal with things as they come and like if there's violence involved, that's something, but but policing is not going to be a way our way out of it. Like, they throw police at the homelessness problem. That does nothing, but if, if you're, listen, if your job is to maintain order and you want people to respect every word you say, and this person's having a mental health crisis, that is not compatible. You are, you're being told, hey, you're the one that makes the rules and you can kill people, and we're mostly going to take care of you. We're, you're not going to get in trouble. So, to me, that's not a... It's not a, a mindset that that lends itself to um, being nice to people or being you know humble or being compassionate towards people. So to me that those are not compatible. So take a bunch of money from them, give it to community resources and see how that works and and I think the only way to do it is to prove it to people. and I hate to say that because I'm all for like, hey, let's burn this shit down, let's let's do it but you know you have to for the people out there who are terrified who are maybe like curious about it, you have to tell them, hey, like it's okay like The media is lying to you. The moment we take money from police is not the moment you get killed or whatever. It's just like we have to address the problems as they exist. And to me, abolition doesn't seem crazy because what's crazy to me is that we're going to keep giving more money to police and thinking that somehow that's going to solve the problem. Right. The police have been funded more than ever. I mean, I've lived in L.A. my whole life, basically. And crime is always on the rise, according to them, even though they've been getting more money every year. So I don't know.
1: wrap up and by the way thank you so much for being yeah, here. yeah thank you for letting me talk i know you said it was an hour
0: but i tend to chat a little much we're know.
1: libras we, yeah, we're good exactly. at this yeah and we're talking about passionate things to yeah, you yeah which is which is why i want this platform yeah. i want people to be able to talk about what's true for them one thing that i love about people's city council yeah. i love i love a lot yeah. First of all, I, I love how idealistic you guys are. You've taught me a lot about ACAB. Mm-hmm. You've taught me now about defunding a yeah. little bit more than than the next, um, which is controversial. And and hell, if LA has to be the one that that starts it, well, we start a lot of other things. Yeah, why not? Um, one thing I love about you guys is you go to City Council. Yeah. And so when I was at the LA Times, I remember people, uh, politicians normally would say. Angelenos need to be more active in, in in civic things. Well, you guys are. And they don't like that. Yeah, yeah. Even a columnist, maybe more than one columnist at the LA Times, doesn't like that. Yes. No. I kind of wish that there was more newspapers because I, I feel like— Yeah, there should be, but if, if, they're, if, they're
0: being folded up real quickly, man. It, it, it
1: sucks. And so when you talk about how the media, quote-unquote— Takes whatever the police says and, and makes it, yeah. it so. I feel like that's TV news journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, so when um, I think it was two weeks ago, when five LAPD officers were rushed to the hospital for um, meth for for
0: fentanyl is it? Yeah, but it wasn't you know? fentanyl. It whatever. was meth. Yeah. and
1: it was like eh, that's not true. Even Twitter said it's eh, yeah. probably not true. It took them a long time. Mark Brown, I had I had to call out Mark Brown on Twitter. Yeah, the the anchor and say. This makes you look bad, Mark. We love you. We grew up with you. and this makes know, Mark you,
0: Brown, yeah, yeah. This yeah. makes
1: you look terrible when this is pure copaganda. Yeah. There's no follow-up from the newspaper. Also, in journalism, you're supposed to have more than one source. Yeah. So you just can't say, according to the police, this is it. And now to the weather. Dallas, what do you got? Yeah. That's not, that's yeah. not journalism. Yeah. And so um, what I love about you is you go to City Hall and you raise hell. One of the things that you raised hell about that almost everything that you've wanted has pretty much come true, except for Kevin DeLeon. Yeah, man. How has that guy... It Okay, let me ask you this. Shouldn't there just be a new rule <laughs> that yeah. says something along the lines of if it's a majority vote in city council yeah. that one of the members has to go, and if it's then approved by the mayor then we know it's just not a a uh, a, a political move. It's sure. a real move.
0: Sure. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I talked to someone about that and like, you know, there's been people on city council who have come out against him and said, "How do I don't want to be in this chambers with you." And they there's you know, they say there's nothing that they can do. And I think that like, you know, someone explained it to me like, well, the moment you start letting them like remove people, then it can become a political thing of like, "We don't fucking like you. You voted against us." It it, it could turn tricky. I could see how somebody is sort of you know, worried about that. But at the same time, I don't know. There has to be a way to remove people who are, like, just in- insanely corrupt, but, who have no respect for the fucking office, right?
1: But but not only remove them, but remove them quickly. Yeah. Because this idea of uh, of a vote in two years, yeah, that no. that doesn't fix I mean, anything. I mean, that,
0: that also speaks to the fact that, like, you know, there is so much bullshit that comes through city council, like— we're going to do a study about the, you know, I'm like, no, 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 don't do a fucking study. They're like, oh, we're going to do a study about whether or not free transit is good for people. No, it fucking is because they don't have to spend money to get around their own city. It's it's a, it's good. Trust me. Yeah. You can trust us on this one. So you don't need to take a year to do a study.
1: Or Why don't you study it for real? Oh, yeah. Why don't, yeah,
0: just go right now and see and make it free, you know, make it free for a week and see how people react. But, yeah. like, so there, there's just, I don't know. I mean, I, obviously, I think he should be removed, but I don't know what the... The, there should be a mechanism that is somehow can not be abused right by but because again if you have one person who like is whatever gumming up the works according to the city council they could all come together say fuck this guy so that shouldn't be able to happen but it should be able to happen in the fact that like this guy has no respect for his he's corrupt no respect for his office for his constituents he's using it as a way to get money and to have, still have some power and influence you and know? he was racist and he's racist obviously yeah I don't know how he is able to skirt by and like, uh, Nuri was removed. I mean, maybe it's like because misogyny or something like what, that. But...
1: Have you seen the Barbie movie yet? Yeah, of course. I think it's that. Yeah. yeah. I, I think for some reason women understand this yeah. better than men. That that when you have truly screwed up and when the public is, yeah. is saying we're pissed, then a woman will do the right thing most of the time. Mm-hmm. And the man is going to have a lot harder time with it.
0: And well, so and also people love to, to bring down a woman in power. Not to say, you know, listen, she deserved it. And, like, 1,000% is a racist piece of shit. But, like, I think that it was easier for people to see her do that and easier for her to do that. And, like, then Kevin DeLeon's is just different because, again, people uh, – want when a woman does it, it's like, oh, man, like, it's a woman. And, like, you know – to. Honestly, there's some people out there who're like, "Well, this is what happens when you have a woman president for the city." You know, city council. There are people who believe that for sure. And mm-hmm. again, she deserved to be ousted like that. But he also deserves to be ousted like that. But I don't. There, I want there to be a mechanism to to remove his ass because, like, he shouldn't be there. It's disrespectful to to the people he was racist against, and it's disrespectful to like the you know if we're taking city council as like some sort of body that we need to respect. Well, how do I respect? The legitimacy of your council when you have this motherfucker sitting there right where where Nuri martinez had to pack her bags and go and great deserve that but he gets to still sit here no everybody involved in that fucking scandal needs to be tossed out And he gets yeah. to sit there and so that to me i mean the reason we go to city council is because the way that they do it is they make it hard for regular people who work regular jobs to go in and, and and be civically engaged making it making the meetings from like 9 a.m or 10 a.m to whatever like people are at work if you really wanted people to be involved Make it at six or seven PM at night. Yep. Do your fucking job and let people come and and be heard. Because right now we're going there because, you know, we do freelance work or whatever our work is, we get to go and do that. But like we need more people who are being affected by this to show up. And so for us, it's a way of kind of shining a light saying, you know what, this is what's happening in your city. Mm-hmm. The more you get involved in local politics, the better. Because a lot of the stuff that's happening to your life in, in the immediacy, right? Whether that's like you have to pay to park in your, your, your neighborhood now, whether it's you know whatever building's going up next to you. That happens at a city level, not at a federal level. So the moment you get engaged, so we're trying to tell people, hey, come out here, be heard, and I'm hoping that one day that more meetings that, that pertain to city stuff happen later on in the fucking day when people can actually go to, because right now you have a lot of working people not being able to cut out and go and make public comment, and that to mm-hmm. me is like, that's not how a city should work.
1: And and uh, they, they may pretend that they're, don't want to listen to what you have to say. In fact, some of them just yeah. leave, which I think should yeah. be against the rules. But also, they cut down on Zoom. Yeah. And and I think that that... I mean, there's there's some silver linings to COVID, and I think that that was one of them. Sure. Was that we got used to doing these kind of public things by Zoom because not everybody can get to City Hall.
0: And it's also an accessibility thing of, like, people are, are immunocompromised. People can't, right. you know, use wheelchairs, use walkers, whatever. They're, it's easier for them to... Be able to call in then have to go down there, be searched, like all that. It's a fucking mess. And so right. yeah, no. I, and and the thing is, but when they get rid of that stuff, that is that is one thousand percent an attempt to silence people. Right. It's it's an attempt to not get people to engage, because the more people they have yelling at them, and they don't like to get yelled at. But guess what? You're a fucking publicly elected official. And trust me, when I was running for city council and I thought about possibly winning, I'm like, I'm gonna get yelled at. I'm gonna get approached in person. I just gotta train myself how to deal with that. And if we see, I don't know if you saw Ugo getting confronted by William a few weeks ago, but. Did not handle it well. So, but again, you know, this is... The people in power will always find a way to try to skirt their responsibility. And to me, that's what they do. And Kevin day sitting there, and these people are saying, oh, we don't want him here, but they're not actually doing anything to get him out of there. That's and right. I think that they're, they're, there is something that they should probably be doing that I don't know. Maybe in the city charter there's something, but like... Pass a bill! They need to start icing him out even more. Because it went from being like, you know, it would erupt if he was there, people got pissed, and then time goes on and it's not the same but like they're still working with him they're still having him on committees and stuff so i don't know man it's a it's a real fucked up situation
1: uh how can we support you oh you know I first do, of all yes this has been such a pleasure thank to you meet man. You. this is great i'm happy to talk um to chat. I've, I've seen you online i've seen pictures of you marching across yeah. uh, the la river with yeah, yeah. tons of people behind you yeah. um I'm very sorry about your sister. Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm a friend, a fan of uh, uh, Cities uh, People City Council. Yes. I will be listening to the the new podcast. Yes, we have a new
0: podcast called People City Propaganda. Um, are Are you the host? I, I'm going to be hosting along with Jason Reedy, who's one of the hosts. I think we're going to take turns, and I'll be on it with him sometimes. And then I think we're going to start. You know, he's he's black, and so we're going to start doing shows where it's like, okay, we're going to do something about the black struggle but only black people on it because it makes sense right like so i think i'm going to be on when i can since
1: since this uh episode is about the valley quote unquote yes 818 heartbreaks has the uh, circus liquor uh yeah that's uh, logo
0: yeah yeah
1: give me five other images of the valley <laughs> that, that you yeah. that you would put on a postcard
0: oh you know i mean it's
1: because uh, this is a hard question i bob's think bob's big boy is okay. one for sure.
0: In Burbank? In Burbank.
1: Yeah. Burbank's the Val.
0: Oh yeah. Burbank's the Val Oh yeah, no. Oh yeah, one thousand percent. because it's eight one eight? Um, no, because it, it falls within the limits. The thing is it but is but they're their own city because they, they use a different yeah police force and schools and all that. So it's it's the valley, but it's not LA. Fine. Um Bob's big boys number one probably. <laughs> um, I love that.
1: Also a great logo.
0: Rocket Dine is kind of another big one. Um there's, like, rocket-dying, like, systems in, in deep in the valley. Like, I'm telling you, the valley has a lot of weird history, man. Like, there was – did you know that there was a nuclear disaster that happened there in 1959? No. Santa Susana Mountains, right at the edge of the valley, they had a core meltdown there. And it's still pretty dangerous to live around there.
1: It was it was a nuclear plant? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it had a meltdown in the 50s. Uh,
0: I forgot what happened, but, yeah, it was just – uh, it had a big meltdown. and. Where, where is this exactly? Uh, Santa Susana – it's, like, way, way deep edge of the valley, like, kind of Chatsworthy area oh. kind of around there. Uh, and deep, and deep, deep out
1: there, and and out, out blossomed these beautiful porno stars. Is that what happened? I think
0: so. Yeah, I think that's why there's so much porn there because it. Something about the radiation
1: and Peckerwoods.
0: Yeah, no, but also <laughs> no. But the fucked up thing is that that now I think that there's a documentary about a family whose daughter got this rare cancer oh. from the fallout that's still present now in the 2020s. Um, and yeah, there was. I think there was for a time you had to sign. A waiver, if you bought a house in the neighborhood, saying you may be exposed to chemicals. So,
1: Rocketdyne would be a Rocket very like dark that. postcard. Yeah,
0: it would be, but but you know, that's, but it's, that's it's what history happens. Um, man, I'm trying to think. You kind of put me on the spot. It's which is good. I did. I think I would put obviously because I'm a husky. Okay. Put the husky on there. He's my boy. <laughs> Love him. Um, would people
1: know that that's the valley though?
0: Uh, maybe. Yeah. So maybe you, not. Yeah. So
1: maybe the Odyssey sign then.
0: The Odyssey sign would be well, yeah. I think I think that's maybe my third. Odyssey sign would be good. I would actually put the Idle Hour there, which is, is it's not a a legendary place, but it is a do you know that place? Uh. It's a it's a uh, Is
1: that the one with the bu- the 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 water bucket, the the barrel? The barrel building yeah. which is
0: right across the way from Odyssey Video.
1: Right. Yeah. That's that's called the Idle
0: Idle Hour. It's a bar. Interesting. I don't know, just to me it's very like kitschy. You know what I would put as my last one? I would put the five-way intersection where Odyssey Video is, <laughs> they call it the mouth of the valley. I would put that They as, do? Yeah, because it's like it's feeding from like five different uh sections of uh, streets like it's Camrio, it's Vineland Lancashire I love that yeah and that to me I, I told my friend the other day I'm like if, if someone were to do a remake of Falling Down you know that movie where he goes <laughs> on a Michael Douglas that his breakdown would start at that intersection because it's so <laughs> fucking stressful being there so I think that would be my the last one of like I like it to me that's where the valley converges it's a weird spot it's talked about a bunch but yeah that's kind of my my valley stuff
1: Albert, you're the man. Thank
0: you, man. I appreciate you. How, how can my listeners uh, support you? I do another podcast called Oops All Bangers about people's favorite albums. We talk about a lot of good music. Uh, people City Propaganda, we're going to be hosting. I think by the time this comes out, we'll have maybe our fourth or fifth episode. We're basically trying to talk to uh, people involved in the movement around town. We're going to have Malina Abdullah on, uh, Hamid Khan. All these people, we're, we're trying to figure out different themes, different months, all that stuff. going to be great. It's very. It's going to be an unfiltered look at LA politics kind of our thoughts on it um follow me on twitter at digital urn uh urn is how you spell that last word um and yeah come and hang out i don't know come to a rally come we're having our trial october 30th at stanley moss courthouse i'll put out more information about that if you want to come and uh support but otherwise just find
1: me online do you smoke pot if we if we meet you should we give you a joint i like- don't
0: I, I i like to drink so let's do a shot of whiskey or something you like whiskey i love whiskey yeah. what, what's your brand I mean, I don't know. I usually buy like br- a bullet or something like that. Okay. But I mean, if I'm if I'm trying to spend, I'll try to find something a little aged, you know, like some Japanese whiskey or something
1: Ooh. like that. Ooh, yeah. so yeah. Sonori time. What what did Bill Murray say in the movie? What is it? it, it it's Santori time.
0: Maybe. Yeah. Have, you, I, have you had
1: Red <laughs> Breast uh, whiskey before? No. If 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 our, if our paths cross again, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of I'll course. give you some of that.
0: Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Come if you want. If you run into me, say hi. Uh, Tell me you like me. Give me some whiskey. But, yeah, I'm I'm, a, I'm easy to find. I hang around. I try to be a nice guy. Um, and, yeah, just so – you know what? Support the movement. And get involved in an organization if you can. Well, thank you Thanks again. Thanks for having me, man. I All
1: right. You. How great was Albert? You know who we'd get arrested with in the middle of the night for whatever reasons? Our Patreons. When you stoke us, you're saying, Tony, Jordan, thank you for showing us Angelinos like – like Albert. Especially people from the Val who hardly ever get talked about. So shout out to our patreons: Nancy Rommelman, Sean Atlow, Matt Mills, Sean Wallace, Greg and Molly, Jamie Taylor, Mark Johnson, Kira Ann, Barney Grinky, Ben Welsh, Jen Adams, Trevor Wilson, Bree Wild, Dougie Gyro, Christina Up North, Robin Carey, Adam Shorn, Ben from Down Under. Chris from the ATX, and Greg Gore. To be a Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash hereinLA and give until it Physically gives you. Pain. Want to support us, but you're saving up to see Springsteen at the forum? Mm, good luck. You can still help. Post your favorite post of ours. Post your favorite episode on your Facebook. You know, in 2023, I don't know how many people have posted their... Uh, favorite here in LA posts uh, on their Facebook maybe they're afraid of Mark Zuckerberg maybe they are no longer on the Facebook whatever if you are on Facebook do, do it for Jordan you know just do it for Jordan and if you want do two one for Jordan and one for Obama Tweet something nice about us. Anytime you see me tweet about an episode, retweet it. And for God's sake, tell your friends. Tell them how Here in L.A. is spelled, and that it's on Apple Podcasts and Google and even Spotify. Here in L.A. is produced by myself, Tony Pierce, and a man who's way more than just a Ken, Jordan Katz. Editing, mixing, and music supervision by Jordan Katz. Songs by Orgone and Jordan Katz. Special thanks to Cindy for creating the logo, Jen for inspiring this, and Native Angelinos who set the tone and put up with the transplants. Go! Go. Husky. 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 Husky.